Hey everyone, so today we're going to break a little bit from our usual format and we're going to do a long form podcast on a weekday, which is pretty unusual. Um, but we are, we have some news. We started at our work at Temporal. We just got our Series B funding, $100 million at a $1.5 billion valuation. And uh, it's pretty big news, obviously, for uh, the community, but mostly just big news for me (laughs) Um, having joined a startup from pre-revenue and coming to this stage Um, pretty much the only startup stage of interest right now for me is the pre-seed to seed stage where uh, that's where I haven't had experience in okay so the last time we talked about temporal uh, the first time I talked about it was in July uh, episode 138 where I talked about my essay temporal the iphone assistant design then i gave a couple talks and then most recently the last time i talked about temporal was when the information named as one of the 50 most promising startups in december um so i don't think i'll make this a tradition i think this is the last update i have on temporal for a good long while um but essentially what we did was we had a live stream and then we had a bunch of company updates we had the announcement and discussion of the fundraising which is uh, pretty special and unusual in some different ways and then we also talked about updates on what we plan to ship this year and we managed to get a bunch of the people who work on it to show up and actually show their face on screen and talk to the community themselves and it was all recorded and live stream and uh, all in all for the very very low prep that we did I think it went off really well for whatever reason I think just you know, obviously people are uh, good enough and kind enough to talk on demand even though I didn't give them no prep um, but also I think the community is very receptive we had like 180 people 190 people all told um, and yeah I think um, it was okay it wasn't like the best announcement I've ever been involved with um, but it doesn't matter because the media attention comes and goes, but the money is the main thing and the community interest is the main thing. And uh, the fact that already, even on, on today, the same day that we announced our Series B, we're already getting customer interest that previously walked away from us said, saying that we can't bet on you because you're a Series A company, uh, now that we're Series B and we have so many users on the landing page. Um, those conversations are starting back up again which is a good thing and then the other thing which uh, is pretty funny (laughs) I mean um, I think it's a high compliment but also we have to be careful about this Uh, we have a with current customers reaching out to work with us um, like to join us to quit their jobs and join us which is always very fun Anyway, so this is the live stream. We have uh, myself, we have the uh, founders, we have uh, Charles CPO, uh, Ryland, um, our designers, our head of uh, our uh, SDK team leads and stuff like that, and the front end team. Um, yeah, and Kali, basically like a lot of the the the, the dev team and, and the product team at Temporal. So if you want to learn more about what it's like to be at a startup at this stage, um, listen on. Welcome to everyone. Uh, obviously, we have big news today, and um, it's a really big day for the community, for Temporal, uh, and we're just ex- so excited to share this news with you and also share our plans for what's, what's going on. Um, uh, the, this is a very sort of free-form um, special meetup. Essentially, we're just going to go over uh, what's happened, uh, what, what you should know about uh, the past year and, and uh, the announcement today, uh, what our plans are going forward, and, and then uh, feel free to use the Q&A. Uh, a lot of this, the reason that we're doing a webinar format today 
is uh, to enable Q&A for all of you. So um, feel free to use the Zoom Q&A section uh, uh, capability. It's, it's at the bottom with the, right next to chat. Um, and so we'll be able to answer your questions uh, as they come in and out. Um, but yeah, mostly we're just here to celebrate, to be honest. Uh, a quick recap of uh, things that happened in 2021. This is me and Kali just pulling things together. So not an exhaustive list. Um, we got uh, a new chief product officer, Charles. Uh, I'm not sure if he's here actually, um, but you can feel free to say he hi is. as well. Yes. Um, you can, you can uh, invite, I'm not sure if we, if I managed to invite him actually, Charles. There we go. I just allowed him to talk. <laughs> he, are he, he is my boss, but I still allow him to talk. <laughs> you may speak if you want. Uh, would you want to you want to say hi, Charles? Actually, since uh, I can see you're there, uh, if if it's not convenient, that's fine. I'm kind of putting you on the spot there. Hi there. Yes. Hi. <laughs> okay. Hello. Uh, no, we're very excited to have you, and obviously uh, also. Uh, have your name be misspelled across a number of media outlets today, which is uh, <laughs> one of the more entertaining. <laughs> okay. Um, we uh, also, uh, other updates, uh, we announce uh, end of life support for Cadence. Uh, mostly uh, that, that, is, that is us supporting Cadence, not that Cadence itself is uh, end of life thing, uh, but we're very, we're going all in on Temporal. Uh, Temporal Server itself made a lot of improvements going from one, version 1. 1.5 to 1.15. Um, you have to read through the release notes to really figure out like, you know, the, the differences, but uh, there have been a lot of schema upgrades and we're uh, a lot more confident in the uh, edge cases of, of Temporal than we were before. I, I can't be specific about those. You have to ask the server team. Um, on the business side, uh, we, we got uh, our SOC 2 type 1 and type 2 uh, certifications in 2021, um, and that's a really big deal. And you know, hopefully, we'll we'll have more compliance stuff in the future. Um, on the SDK side, we have TypeScript uh, built on top of our new Rust core. So these two SDKs were more or less kind of built together because the the Rust core is hopefully going to be uh, serving the other SDKs that we'll be working on in the future. Uh, and we've uh, built a lot of community work. Uh, so this is our YouTube Temporal IO slash. YouTube, uh, where we've done a meetup a month um, featuring our key users and um, a lot of presentations from Temporal staff as well. Uh, so if you want to learn more about Temporal, you have questions, um, that, that's a really good place to start. Anything else that I did not cover in 2021? Uh, any other panelists have anything to mention? Okay. <laughs> Just, um, I'll just, I'll just, just keep fasting. The, the, the yeah, answer but, is obviously yes, but it's just like which things, you know, make I know cutting. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that like, isn't a discrete thing, but it's just a day-to-day -day maintenance. Like you, you've seen the docs grew a lot and it was, it was very hard to point to a single upgrade in docs, but uh, uh, you know, the docs team tripled. Um, we, and we're trying to invest a lot more in our, in our documentation. So um, yeah, definitely, if you're not mentioned here, uh, it's, don't think that it's not recognized or anything like that. We just uh, needed so a concrete event. Max, Max made a point of this the other day. It's like we, we started 2021 at about 15 people and we're now 55 strong. And, and almost all of that growth has been to reinvest in uh, our users and in the community. It's either been engineering for our open source platform or it's been dev advocacy or better documentation or all kinds of other things uh, like that. And um, uh, so I think that's been the biggest, you know, kind of uh, difference is just how much more we've been able to reinvest in, in the movement. That's true. Um, what are we, what are we saying about our hiring goals this year? Oh, well, 
we're uh, uh, we're looking to at least double this year, and and uh, but again, I think more important than the total of people is how much of it's going back to uh, to this user community, which is I mean, the, the reason why we have all this interest to begin with. Good, On that good. note, okay. if, if, yes. if anyone wants to do advocacy for uh, temporal or you know support engineering or any of the other roles we're hiring for, please reach out to us because it's an amazing place to work. Uh, seriously, we'd love to have you. Yep, uh, temporal io slash careers uh, is the short short URL for all over. Um, okay, all right, right on to the news. Uh, this is the big announcement today that we raised with Series B uh, with Index Ventures. Mike Volpe joined our board. Um, we are we just published a blog post from Maxime. Um, Maxime, actually, since you're here, uh, would you like to say anything about the Series B? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the the most important thing is that thank to the community. We uh, Practically, where we are right now is because we got all this awesome user adoption. And uh, it helped us to get funding because uh, this is the main reason the investors are excited about us is that we actually get the community and usage uh, out there. And uh, we are going to invest more in that. We are going to make sure that uh, we get more features, we get better product, and uh, you, you guys can enjoy that as an open source project and obviously as our cloud as well. And I think this is the main um, driver of what we are doing here. Uh, other thing is that, uh, as uh, Rylan mentioned, for example, we are hiring for support engineering. We decided to build a separate organization just to keep supporting open source users, for example because we believe that uh, the support we can provide to the community is important. And we want to make sure that when we, the community grows and it grows exponentially, uh, we want to make sure that we can keep the level of support we have right now. Uh, so that is one of the areas of investment. Mm. And I just have to say, like, uh, to commend the broader team within Temporal, like, you know, I think, as Max said, we pride ourselves on the quality and, you know, like intensity of engagement that we have with users in the community. Uh, and the community has grown really substantially, uh, having experienced it firsthand over the last year. Uh, and so the fact that I really feel like we haven't compromised on the level of engagement or the quality of our support is really, really impressive because uh, we do not have a dedicated support engineering team at Temporal right now. So when you see that support happening, that's like full time, you know, back end, front end, any other type of engineers who are, you know, taking their time and energy to, you know, Know, help users get their problems solved and so yeah i just think it's something that we should all be super proud of yeah um it's it's one it's one of those things where uh, i think one of the interesting numbers that i saw that we disclosed was that we're seeing something like 25 percent month-to-month growth uh in the in the usage that we're that's what we're just we're saying um and yeah i mean that's some, that's something that is going to need us to scale the support uh, alongside of it. So I'm pretty excited about that because uh, definitely, you know, the, the people that are doing the sport now, we, we need them on, on other things as well. Um, okay. Um, oh, one more thing about the, the story that we were uh, talking about here was uh, the unusual nature of the fundraising. Um, is there any, anyone who wants to speak to that? Right. It was unusual. Uh, that we didn't, we didn't actually pitch anyone. Yeah, I, I think uh, the basic idea is that uh, we've got so much VC interest uh, over this time. And uh, we uh, just uh, wanted to practically, uh, I think we, we just uh, 
uh, we, 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 we could choose. <laughs> and thanks again for the community and uh, to the adoption we are getting uh, that uh, we could practically go almost to like most of the uh, firms and they would have very serious conversation with us. And uh, we uh, just uh, wanted to work with a specific firm because we believe Index Ventures and especially Mike uh, will be uh, uniquely qualified to help to build a sustainable open source company, company built on top of an open source project because they have just very unique experience uh, in a lot of uh, those uh, pretty iconic companies out there. And uh, we practically just had one conversation with them uh, and uh, because we, we talked to them before. And after that conversation, we practically just had a handshake uh, because we agreed on the terms and we just didn't open the round. We didn't go around and um, like pitch, pitch to a bunch of firms. We don't even have a pitch deck. One of the uh, things I want to add to that really fast, Max, is just that if you, all the firms that we had a serious discussion with, I think we had known any one of them for at least a year. So even though there wasn't a pitch deck, we had a long history with like uh, with them and they had a long history with us. So it's not like they like, woke up one day and discovered Temporal. Um, uh, we, we got to know each other uh, indirectly, uh, which probably worked out better than a pitch deck. Yeah, I think this is an important thing. I think the, this is just nature of uh, uh, venture business these days that, that the best uh, uh, VCs, they already know what the, where they want to invest. Uh, obviously, they, they, they watch companies like ours and they have uh, already, they're already convinced by the time we, we have a conversation. So, uh, but again, we are in very fortunate position there, just again, because of our community and our growth. Yeah, I think uh, the funny thing I like to say is that the only people in the temporal community Slack are developers and uh, venture capitalists. Um, they'll probably try to keep it more developers focused, I guess. Um, yeah, there's something that I did not know. I, I didn't really know who Mike Volpe was, but uh, when I first heard about that he was coming on our board, uh, I went and looked at his other investments and um, yeah, this is impressive list, Aurora, Cockroach, uh, Elastic, uh, definitely a lot of um, interesting developer names as, as well as some that are developer adjacent, I guess, um, but really cool, really cool. Yeah, um, that's all I know about the <laughs> fundraising. <laughs> I, uh, I want to highlight something else that Rylan did actually. Um, so if you look at our new website, um, we have a bunch of new logos. Uh, I think that's a story that we should tell as well. Uh, anything interesting on, on that front, Rylan? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, for us, like an extension of being a really community driven company is like, you know, representing our business and our brand with the uh, people who have made, you know, all of this possible. Uh, and so, you know, for our, even our first funding round, like one of the biggest focuses was just highlighting, you know, the amazing companies and users that we have and like how they're succeeding with Temporal. Uh, and so for this round, we wanted to, you know, basically bring that same kind of value proposition, but just make it, you know, magnified and like do it at even higher uh, order of magnitude. Uh, and so, you know, we have at like at this point, the luxury of working with really, really amazing companies, a lot of companies that aren't just amazing, but also amazing within the developer space. Uh, and so, you know, um, just over the last year, the relationships have developed enough that when it was time for us to actually start doing this funding announcement, uh, we had the ability to reach out to a lot of these amazing companies that we work with and, and they were willing to, you know, um, support us in this announcement. And we're just super duper appreciative of that. Uh, and so, you know, yesterday we had a case study come out um, with Datadog. Um, they're using Temporal a ton over at Datadog and they're doing it in some really, really like innovative and unique ways. Uh, and so, you know, getting them kind of uh, supporting us and getting them in the front of uh, in front and center of things is just, you know, for us a huge success within itself because we feel like they really represent the things that Temporal uh, is, you know, represented by uh, fundamentally. 
So yeah, I think uh, the logos are just kind of a testament to like what all of you guys have been doing, not just us at Temporal, but everyone in the community. Like that's the only reason that those logos are possible. You know, they had to hear about it from someone. They had to hear about it somewhere. And like most cases, people hear about Temporal from, you know, coworkers who have used it before. And I think that uh, probably nine out of 10 logos, that's, that's the case as well. Uh, so yeah, I just, I really appreciate all the support that everyone has given us. And, you know, like, let's, uh, let's see it continue into the next year. Yeah, um, I would say it makes uh, my job a lot easier because I can just say, hey, we are used by these big names. Um, this is my this is my updated um, intro to Temporal slide. Um, and we we actually have staff as a public cloud user, which is uh, which I which is my favorite part of this whole process, which we, we have a quote from them, um, which is nice. <laughs> it's always it's always hard to, to get these quotes. Yeah, that was a that was a very transformative one for us internally. I think uh, you know Snap is just like a super duper well known. Like they're like a foundation within you know uh, software developers. They they kind of represented that huge growth within social media over the last ten years. And so you know for them to put a use case like Stories, which is so critical for Snap as a platform. Like if you ever use Snapchat, you know what you know what Stories are. Uh, so the fact that yeah. they're willing to you know bank on temporal cloud for something that important is just you know uh, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think they actually blogged about us uh, here. I did not, I don't think they actually linked us to Snap Stories yet. Uh, so this was their blog post about the general microservices orchestration uh, problem that they that they were working on and why they used us. Um, but I think, yeah, this is the first time we've been publicly linked to Snap Stories, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, amazing. All right, great work. Okay, I'm gonna pause a little bit for questions they've been rolling in. Uh, so for, again, to repeat myself, uh, there are Q and A's that uh, we are launching. So let's answer some of these live to keep people interested in asking questions. Um, let's see if I can bring this on screen. Is this working or not? Uh, no, I'm not able to bring this on screen. I have to I have to exit out of the window and then I can bring it on the screen. One second. Um, okay, questions. Uh, Temporal seems like a really exciting company to work at. What are you looking for in backend engineers? What are we looking for as, as uh, if people are interested in joining? Samara, I think you should take that one. Yeah. Yes, so Samara. I've, um, so um, basically, like we are looking for people. Uh, okay. At the end of the day, Temporal is this workflow engine. Um, but the key value proposition that we keep on hearing is this a promise of reliability, which means that um, in like we can keep on adding all of these developer facing uh, features, which is super critical for us to get adoption because that's how people understand and use the system. But if we mess up on this reliability promise, essentially, which means that um, like uh, it's not a very useful system for people to use Temple to power their mission cr uh, critical apps. This, you will see that as part of the key, uh, you will see even this concept of reliability is embedded in the culture of the company. Is we cannot be a, like, uh, like for other companies who like to move fast, although we are a startup, we need to move fast, but we need to move fast with stable infrastructure. So we are looking for engineers, which brings this maturity, um, which uh, who can think through um, all sorts of failure modes that can happen. Who can like you, uh, the day-to-day -day of working over here at Temporal is like 
long conversations around um or what can uh, go wrong yeah <laughs> like basically like uh, conversations around like oh like oh these are the kind of failures which can happen single points of failure a uh, backwards compatibility and even irrespective of how tiny of a feature we are doing it's like we want people who kind of think through all those kind of challenges on behalf of our users because that is what our users appreciate that even even a small feature that we do uh, in the product it's thought through to the tiniest detail around um, when it comes to designing it for working in large scale um, in um, environments so which kind of translates into these uh, our requirements on the back end engineer also uh, uh, where we are looking for people who like to go deep who like to go uh, into the, enjoy solving those tiny details and failure modes and all these kind of um, conversations um, when it comes to building these distributed systems which are highly available highly scalable and reliable That's a perfect answer to our culture. Um, all right, we can't spend all, all, all the time on that, but if you want, uh, any of our recruiters will be happy to fill you in <laughs> on uh, what, what it's like to work here. Um, okay, second question. Uh, do you think the cloud offering will be publicly available sometime in 2022? Charles, probably, you wanna take that one. Uh, from my point of view, it's our, it's a, it's our one of the most important things we have to do this year. So yeah, I would be, uh, we can't know precisely uh, the timeline, but uh, we do want to uh, open it up as widely as possible during the course of this year um, and get do away with all this uh, wait list stuff that we have right now. Um, so bit by bit, you'll see it open up. Uh, uh, if you look at the rate at which we're adding companies to the cloud service in uh, the first quarter of this year, it's probably double the rate or more than where we were uh, four or five months ago. So we're on the right track, but we have a ways to go before we take all comers. The, the thing to uh, um, uh, uh, just note as an addition is we're not, we're not trying to run an exclusive nightclub here. We really, we want this to be available. We, we, we want this to be available to everybody because we think it will help with the adoption of the open source as well. Um, it's just the nature of the way we've built Temporal Cloud. We think it's really exciting the way it runs and the kind of experience you get, but it's the, the way we went about it just takes a little bit more time than your typical cloud service. But I think everyone will be pretty happy with, with the finished result. Beautiful answer. Okay, great, great stuff. Um, there's some questions on docs, but I wanted to stick to financial questions for this slide. Um, here's another financial question. Uh, is Temporal planning to go public? Uh, if so, when might it happen? <laughs> Our goal is to become the longest lived private company ever. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I don't I think, think, I think we have a lot of work in front of us to be a publicly traded company. So, but, uh, ideally we would love to go there, but I think we are just getting started. Uh, we have very early phases of building the company. Yeah, I would say yes. Uh, yes. probably the thing that's most important to us any, than anything else is what is going to allow us to execute the most and, uh, you know, deliver most on the vision that we have for Temporal. And like if I, going public is the mechanism for that, then that's awesome. Perfect. Uh, for people who want to invest, 
Have we ever thought about allowing individuals from your engineering community to invest? I don't know, like crowdfunding is a thing, um, but I don't know about series B and beyond. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point, at this valuation, it would be, uh, you need to invest a lot of money to make any kind of difference. But I think it's just uh, legally not possible, I think at this point. Mm. But it would be an interesting question to ask. I don't know, I would, I would talk to our uh, console just to see if it's even possible. Got it. Um, okay, um, I will get. I will. I'll keep on with the with the final updates, and then we'll we'll uh, close off with uh, the all the other questions. Um, so, where are we putting this money to work? Um, it is mostly in uh, engineering, obviously. But uh, the the updates that we could confirm to you today uh, are mostly. Let me just kind of. Uh, okay, this was a kind of already spoiled, but uh, essentially we've been working on uh, our four SDKs. Uh, our TypeScript beta is supposed to come out to general availability in uh, a month or two. Um, and primarily we're working on uh, the missing APIs for, for feature parity that uh, we want to ship. Uh, primarily everything from local activities to testing uh, to custom data converters, everything that um, you would expect out of a full-fledged temporal SDK. Uh, feel free to ask me about that uh, offline if you are thinking about betting on TypeScript, but you're not sure because of the beta label, uh, it's it's fine. Like it, we, we have blessed it for production. Okay, uh, the news is that we're working on new SDKs for 2022 uh, and primarily focusing on Python and .NET. Um, and with um, SDK engineers kind of focused on that, uh, I think the Python repo already is uh, live um, and .NET is in the uh, process of being designed. Um, so if people are, have been waiting for those languages, uh, now's the time to, check it out, check out the proposals. Um, you don't have to, there's nothing for you to try out yet, but at least you can um, register your interest. And if you have any particular needs, uh, I think it's it's good time to talk to the, the leads, uh, the project leads of each of these projects. Okay, Temporal SDKs, um, Temporal Web is shipping sometime soon. I don't have a firm date, but like in the next like one or two weeks, I think. I don't know if you have like a firm date, um, is anyone on, on the maybe team? We should, maybe we should uh, hold, hold off on this for a little bit later, Sean. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, finally, we're also confirming that we're holding we're uh, holding our first user conference. Um, it's um, going to be based in Seattle, but it's hybrid as well. So we'll be streaming it online. Uh, but we really like to gather people together and, and celebrate Temporo and, and learn from each other. Um, so we don't have a firm date again, but um, if you sign up to our mailing list, we'll be letting you know as soon as we can on uh, when to get it and how to book tickets. Um, we may have sponsor slots as well. So if you're interested in sponsoring, get in touch with me. Um, and yeah, this will be a fun event and hopefully it'll be a start of many other conferences uh, in the future as well. So yep, that's the updates that we have for you today. Um, and the rest of the time, I guess we can dedicate to Series B, uh, Series B Q&A. Uh, we have a lot of questions actually. Does anyone want to like sort of pick off questions? Uh, I, I don't know how no. to, there, there are a lot of I questions. Think, I, I think I can uh, handle the first question anyway, but also just as yeah. an add on to, you know, where the money is going. I think like, you know, one of the biggest investments that we have uh, in general is like 
what we'll call developer empowerment. Uh, so that's like areas like documentation, developer advocacy, support, education, um, anything that's kind of in that vein is really, really a huge focus for us for this year. Um, we just really believe that, you know, the number one thing to do to have more impact for Temporal is to get it into more developers' hands. And we feel like one of the biggest blockers right now in that happening is that uh, the product isn't accessible enough. And so we're really, really invested uh, across the company in, in making that situation better. And so I just felt like I wanted to make sure that was um, stated sometime on the call. Um, but yeah, then going into the question. So yeah, the top question right now is a lot of the tutorials and documentation uh, are focused on developers and how to use the software. While attempting to understand operationally what was important, such as what can go down, what services need to be load balanced externally versus internally, sizing and charting the databases, how much failure is tolerable, et cetera. It wasn't as straightforward as the amazing examples provided for the SDK. Perhaps a YouTube playlist or blogs focused on operations could be beneficial. Operators need a love too. So yeah, I, I um, absolutely agree. Um, this is a really, really valid comment and piece of feedback. Um, I think you know, you've know you kind of rightly identified that so far we've been very focused on sort of the uh, developer side of you know temporal and like you know how you actually write and build uh, basic applications with the technology. Uh, but there is this huge other open world of you know how do you actually run and manage this thing in production and do so in a way that gives you the reliability that you kind of expect with Temporal in general. Uh, and so, you know, I think Sean actually uh, probably gets the most credit over the last year. He has uh, maintained a page about, you know, production deployments with Temporal. And while it's definitely not like super robust, uh, it's the best resource that we have today. So if you don't know about that, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Um, but we are absolutely committed over the next year of adding a lot more content that helps with, you know, the productionizing and kind of operational aspects of Temporal, uh, you know, both from the core service um, side of things, but also from the point of view of like, how do you manage your workers and how do you get like, you know, logs into a way that's reasonable. How do you deal with metrics? Uh, and so I think this is definitely an area you'll see a lot more content coming out of uh, in the next year. I'll tell you what, Sean, if it's all right, I can take some of the temporal cloud questions. Let's do it. Let's kind of group it up, right? Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. let's start with, someone asked, what's, our, what's temporal's business model? Temporal cloud is temporal's business model. Essentially, what we're trying to create at temporal is a model where we invest in uh, the open source platform in our user community, uh, and as they have more success with different kinds of applications, um, more and more of them want to consider using Temporal Cloud. And when you use Temporal Cloud, you basically take all the server side aspects of Temporal and turn it into a nicely encapsulated cloud service that and you pay only for what you use. Uh, and kind of the vision for this, which you know, Max put in his blog post is and kind of imagine something like an S3 bucket, but for your business logic. So uh, um, that's the uh, kind of simplicity that we're that we're looking to provide. So that's our business model. Um, and someone in a later question asked, will it eventually be available in other cloud providers? And so that's a great question. Um, there are two parts. First of all, for everybody who doesn't know, the temporal cloud service runs out of various Amazon regions today. Um, that said, we have many organizations using Temporal Cloud that do not run in Amazon today. So just because we run our service out of Amazon doesn't mean that we are limited to only organizations that run in Amazon themselves. We have other organizations that run in lots of, lots of other clouds. Um, that's, uh, additionally, we do eventually plan to run our cloud service out of other clouds uh, because it, there's latency advantages and other advantages to being in the same, in the same uh, on the same network. Um, can't get into the timeline of that just yet, but that is a project that's underway. 
And then thirdly, there's one more temporal cloud question here. Um, ah, yes. Will there be private connections to temporal cloud, like transit gateways for AWS or VPC pairing and G GCP? Yes, uh, we actually are uh, enabling an organization uh, cross-cloud using private link today. Uh, so all kinds of different ways of having secure connections between your application and temporal cloud are actually already possible. Um, oh, in what, in what regions? What's the, the total count of regions right now? Are we at five yep. or six right now, Samar? I can answer more explicitly. It's U.S. East, U.S. West, uh, Canada, um, EU Central, um, and Southeast Asia. Yeah, yeah, in five regions. And again, we we can deploy to new regions uh, on demand. So it's uh, not that we are limited to those regions. It's more about uh, our customers, uh, design partners we take. Um, awesome. That's a, that's a very comprehensive answer. I think one thing to add, there is another question about MIT license, which is yeah, kind of- I was gonna go right our, there. <laughs> to our business model. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, we believe that uh, uh, we don't wanna play with licenses uh, because uh, we want to temporally be used as, as wild as possible. And uh, you and we don't wanna, you feel be locked in into our cloud or like into our, pro our product. So I think uh, keeping the MIT license is essential. Uh, given, given, uh, and not having, uh, and we are not planning to at least uh, right now to create any enterprise version. So there is no any proprietary components uh, in uh, planned. So the idea is that uh, temporal will be future feature, like full featured service, open source, both service and SDK libraries. They will be under MIT, and monetization uh, again is uh, all about for hosting that service. Yep, perfect. Um, I'm. There's definitely something that has been a door opener for us as well, that uh, we are real open source and, and not any uh, different license for that. Um, okay, there is, a, there is a couple of uh, business type questions and then we'll get to the SDK type questions, if that's okay. Uh, one is, um, how can I convince my group at a large tech company to use Temporal? Is there a guide for this? Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, call us um, in. <laughs> yeah, call, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to know. Uh, there are definitely kind of playbooks you can run. I think the, uh, you know, more interesting question or what are the specific things that you're getting pushed back around? Like, what are the specific things that people are having issues with, right? Because like having brought Temporal into one or two companies at this point, uh, I can say that, you know, there's a huge variance in like the reasons why uh, there's friction in adopting Temporal. Sometimes because there's a competing internal solution. Sometimes it's just that people aren't familiar with the approach and they haven't ever used the technology like this. Uh, and so it's really helpful to kind of know more details before, you know, giving a more comprehensive answer. Um, but what I would just focus it on is like, you know, people genuinely don't like wasting time doing things. Uh, they don't like feeling that they're putting time into something that, you know, isn't differentiated. It doesn't bring top level value. Uh, and I think that Temporal is all about making it so you spend more time delivering top level value. And so I, I would always just drive it back to that. Like, uh, do you really care about the business? Do you really care about, you know, being a, a, a good developer? Well, like you should be always trying to optimize to do the least things that you can while, you know, maintaining the highest quality and reliability. Two, two things we, I would say just add on. Uh, first is I'm, we're, we're doing a better and better job of describing the use cases of Temporal on our website. And so on our site now, you can find common use cases 
examples of other organizations that have built uh, that use case with Temporal, samples for how you could do that use case yourself and a connection between, uh, uh, and then how Temporal makes a difference in that use case. So I think mapping these kinds of use cases like infrastructure management or business process applications or transactional applications, see if you can locate one of your applications to one of these things. And then between the samples and the case studies, uh, you should have a pretty good a pretty good starting point for a conversation. The other thing I wanted to add is if you look at some of the uh, webinars that we're going to have or the meetups that we have coming up, we have one which is temporal for architects, and we have another one which is picking the right use case for temporal. And these two sessions were designed to make it easier for people that are a little newer that don't just want to start from the developer experience um, to under to, to to get a better feel for temporal and how to articulate that to other people in the organization that think more like an architect or more like the business owner of an application. And oh, Artem, a reference architecture for some of the common use cases. This is, uh, who uh, who wants to take that one? Rylan, you wanna? Yeah, um, I, I wish like Coley was able to speak. I think that also. Uh, so yeah, I think one of the things that we're super uh, proud of is that we've been working on this learning path uh, experiment over the last two or three months. Uh, and it's been actually like a huge uh, team effort across the company. Uh, and the big idea behind the learning path is that people show up on temporal.io trying to solve an actual problem that they have. Uh, and they would ideally just love to, you know, go through the minimal amount of work to actually have that problem be solved at the end. And so, uh, you know, we started with a canonical use case for us. It's based on um, the checker background check use case that's actually, you know, run, running on our cloud today. Uh, and that use case is the, you know, long running uh, business workflow that represents, you know, a, a candidate getting their background check through multiple stages like federal and local and city and all of that. Uh, and so we've actually built out like the full, you know, real life application for this uh, project. Uh, it comes with, you know, like even metrics, logging, all of the things that you would actually need to do to run in production. Uh, those are all set up and it's very, very well documented. And so this is actually something that is available already. Uh, we are working to kind of polish it and we've already gotten one cycle of feedback. So we're going to definitely be propagating some changes, uh, but it's already the most full fledged temporal application that's available to people. And I think it's really, really straightforward and simple to understand. So um, I can definitely link to that after. And we'll have more of these to come. So, so if you if you think about that checker application, the uh, background check application, uh, it's it's basically a live example of that business process application pattern that we described on our on our page, and we plan to have other ones for some of these other use cases you see on our website. Awesome. Um... Yeah, but I think uh, for people who want more uh, dedicated session on that, uh, I forgot to mention that on our landing page now, we have uh, intro sessions that are lined up for the next week and a half. So if you're interested in using Temporal, if you want like a practical demonstration, uh, pick one of the language ones. If you want an architecture uh, explanation, pick one of the other two. Okay, uh, we have a bunch of SDK questions um, um, and someone can take the the... Uh, compliance question offline. Um, but uh, Charles, since I have you here, uh, let's talk about the education side of things. Um, there are two questions here about education. Can you talk about Temporal University, the culture of learning while working at Temporal? Or, oh, okay, I thought this is more about. Ah, okay. I think this is just more like internal education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Max and Smarsha probably. I think that's something they started. Uh, okay. Or even Manu, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, it's just that we have, uh, I wouldn't say it's like the program, it's just that we have uh, internally uh, 
bunch of material and also uh, just talks about uh, specifics of temporal and uh, just uh, in general about distributed systems and so on. So uh, some of that, I think some of this material one day we probably need to reproduce in the public because I think uh, some some parts which talk about the internals of the temporal as a, as a, as a service, it would be interesting for the community. But they, they were like, we never released them because they were just talks with uh, whiteboarding and not very well rehearsed and uh, just pretty uh, ad hoc. I think um, yeah. the, the only thing I would add is like, when we started the company, we were just like three people. And one of the, as we onboarded more and more people, we quickly realized like ramping up people on a technology like Temporal is like a very interesting challenge in itself. So I think this is where the origin of this uh, starting this temporal university sessions is because it's a very low cost way for um, both me and Max to get a, a lot of that knowledge out. Uh, because a lot of things that we do is uh, there is years and years of context. Uh, like there's over like 10 to 12 years of history behind each feature or each design decision that we have made. And so we found it to be a very effective way to get that information out as we are onboarding more people within the company. Yeah, and I think um, uh, one, of our, one of our awesome teammates, Manu, gets credit. As far as I remember, he was the one who kind of uh, started the idea for that. Um, yes, I think it's called the Twisted Minds of Max and Samar. Um, um, Sean, was, before we go into intent. another question, can, can we uh, yeah. add a a little bit of an interesting uh, yeah, pivot. Uh, so we actually do have an announcement. Um, oh, well, okay. So we're going to have an announcement. Maybe Steve can start us off because uh, Candace just crashed uh, on her Zoom. Um, but uh, Steve, do you want to, do you want to kind of, you know, maybe go on camera and just start kind of talking about what you guys have been working on? Um, I think I have well, to, I have to invite him. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have a, well, I have a, oh, uh, I did that. I have a microphone, but I don't have a camera button. Oh, no, I can join as a panelist. I think I enabled you. Yep. Can you do the same for uh, Candace? Okay. All right. Yeah, apparently when you promote us, it uh, makes us take a step out for a second. Um, yeah, so I think one of the things we plan on announcing officially tomorrow, but y'all get a little sneak peek, is we're going to take a new version of our UI and take it to a general kind of beta, right? Um, it's something you can actually kind of use today uh, in our Docker Compose. There's just a second uh, experimental UI um, configuration that you can run and get, you can run them both side by side. So, uh, you know, as we, as we kind of, um, polish all of the edges and stuff along those lines you can kind of run both in parallel our obvious goal is eventually that it will replace the existing experience the kind of first pass here was to basically set up the architecture in such a way that uh, we can continue shipping additional features so the initial feature set for this beta is you know has a lot of parity with the current version um you know obviously we we fixed some things in the uh, act of um you know, kind of migrating from the existing kind of UI that has been kind of iterated on for the last few years to one that like allows us to do everything we want to do going forward. Um, but the goal is that, you know, we can ship additional functionality at a, you know, 
really rapid uh, rate. So that is that is available today. We will be announcing it, you know, in a blog post and stuff along those lines um, later in the week. But uh, we are we are in general beta. If you you know if as you find anything or fe both feature requests as well as any issues that you might have, uh, we have the template set up for GitHub issues. We'll be kind of triaging everything there as the team kind of does the last mile of going from beta to uh, GA ready. Um, Candice, any comments? Well, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I just echo everything Steve said. Um, you know, this is also, I see some questions coming in. Uh, you know, this is the first cut that, you know, um, that, that new front end platform. Uh, so it's parity plus, there are going to be more things coming. Um, so like today, does it show when a timer has been canceled? No, but we can add that in, right? Um, there's a lot we have in our backlog. There's a lot on our roadmap. Uh, so this is just the start and you're, you're going to see a lot more um, coming in on the web UI and uh, CLI. And I just dropped the link to the easiest kind of version of the instructions into the chat. So if you're interested, um, just go and uh, visit that link. And if you have any issues, you can reach out to me in either the community Slack um, or wherever. And I am more than happy to help get you set up. Yeah, awesome job. Really exciting that uh, it's finally rolling out. Um, Lots more work that uh, is going to be done, but uh, I think we are still hiring um, for that team. <laughs> Always hiring. Always hiring. Okay. All right. Uh, I did have some front end developers asking as well. Um, okay, cool. Uh, I think, so what we're going to do is we're going to try and answer uh, these remaining SDK questions because we, we want to focus on that. And then everything else we'll uh, leave behind for uh, post event Q&A. So we have some SDK questions. I'm going to, um, we to talk about timeline for Python SDK. Um, I don't think we are promising any public timeline. Uh, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, just start following that repo. Uh, I think someone dropped the link to that repo in the uh, in the chat. So I'm gonna say that we have answered that. Uh, there's no public timeline, but uh, it is a top priority for the year. Is Temporal moving to Rust for core? Yes, we are. Uh, uh, Roy, Spencer, if uh, you guys are around. Um, I don't. I have to promote you guys. I think uh, this one, is... I think one thing we want to mention, like uh, I, I don't know, sure what people say core here. Uh, it is, we are talking when we say Rust core, it is core for the SDK, for SD, for the SDKs, not for the service. Just make sure that people don't get don't confuse that. Mm. Yes, um, we are not rewriting temporal in Rust as as much as some of us would really like to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, so Spencer actually has been leading that. Um, I, I don't know if um, Spencer, you want to say a few words about uh, how it's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's going well. <laughs> uh, I think it, we have a really great foundation for all of our future SDKs that don't exist yet, and that we're going to be building them on top of that Rust core. Someone in here mentioned um, uh, an actual Rust SDK. Uh, nothing would make me happier than to write that. So if you know if that's something you're interested in. Everyone who's here, you know, please uh, let it let us know uh, via the community Slack or the forums or whatever. Um, you know, if if there's substantial interest in that, that's that's something we can think about um, making a reality for sure. Are we planning on converting the Java SDK to Rust? Uh, TBD. <laughs> Not at the moment. Yeah, but the yeah. Python and uh, .NET SDKs uh, are going to be built on top of Rust core. It'll help us uh, ship those much quicker than uh, if we hadn't had core behind it. 
I did actually get this question this morning about uh, those those SDKs don't have the same VM type isolation that the TypeScript SDK does, right? Yeah, Python might have some sort of isolation. Uh, it's still uh, in progress, uh, but there'll be a proposal uh, for the workflow runtime uh, for Python probably up uh, next week. We'll post that on Slack uh, to get some feedback Exciting. on that. Exciting. Okay, we have a. Uh, you did mention the uh, .NET, and I think Greg is uh, around. Uh, Greg, you, if you want to say hi, um, you can sort of let you on. <sighs> Sorry, this this like <laughs> it's very uh, it's very artificial. Um, okay, Greg, I think you should be able to to to, to speak as well. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I think there's a question about PNPM in the TypeScript SDK. Um, the straight answer is no. Right now, it's not supported. But yes, we hear you. It is very highly requested, and we will be working on it. So that's PNPM in TypeScript. Uh, Greg, you want to say hi and, and talk about uh, .NET, whatever we can say. Hi, folks. Sorry, uh, asked me to rejoin when, when promoting. Hi, yeah. everybody. Um, I'm very excited to um, be working on the .NET SDK. So this will ship hopefully soon. Right now, we are largely finished with the proposal about uh, APIs and how it will be structured. And generally, uh, in the long term, not only the .NET SDK, but the whole Microsoft kind of ecosystem, I want to make sure that uh, people who uh, write software in .NET, in, in Microsoft shops and use Azure and use other Microsoft technologies are kind of treated as first-class citizens and can uh, have a really good experience using Temporal and, and all sorts of scenarios. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, uh, the, I think the .NET SDK is the first big step in that direction. Yep, uh, I think it'll be, be a lot of uh, people excitedly waiting for that as well. Um, um, okay, um, that's the SDK question so far, and I think uh, that's going to be it for our uh, for our Q and A in general. Uh, I'm going to stick around uh, and answer some of these uh, final few questions, but that's it for this stream. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for celebrating our Series B with us. Uh, we are all very excited, as you can see, for the, by the company, and uh, see you on Slack um, and see you in our intro sessions um, if you want to join us and learn more about Temporal. Right, I, would also just, um, I would just yeah. also add if you have if you have any comments, uh, you know, kind of feedback, good or bad. We actually have a post that's, uh, you know, like on the front page of Hacker News right now. Please just leave your feedback. We'd love to see it represented there. Oh, did it make it? Yeah, it should Is be it? there. So I'm not. Ah, ah, nice. OK, yes, we are on Hacker News. Do the needful. You know what to do. <laughs> we didn't tell we didn't tell you to vote, but, you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's, that's it for the event. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to stick around and answer questions, but you're free to go.